Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. On June 5th, 2020, live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. And of course, with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com, and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Valestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you today? I'm doing well, Joe. I'm doing pretty darn well. Hey, Kelly. Um, hey, Jackie. <laughs> hey, girl. Um, hello. Happy Friday. Hello. I hello. I am so happy it's Friday. Happy Friday. Yes. It's it been a week, like, hasn't it? it? It seems, Kelly, that everyone is is used to trying to open, planning to open. Um, how do you read that with your chamber members? <laughs> uh, open has become a word kind of like normal. Like how, mm-hmm. how, how do we define it? Um, it changes daily. Oh, my goodness. What a week it has been. Um, how are we are we dealing with openings? Well, last Friday, everybody was so excited when you know we got the green light from the county to be able to open dine in restaurants mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and hair salons. Oh my goodness, everybody was you know booking those appointments. I think I did. You feel like the stampede, you know, of people running to the hair salon? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. Um, And dining in, I mean, of course, not everybody just flips the switch and opens their doors immediately. There's, you know, there's so much protocol, um, rightfully so, that has to be met for any category of business to open right now. Um, You know, some are ready, some aren't. Um, Some, you know, are choosing, you know, to go a little slower for their own reasons, but Wow, it was like it was like a sigh of relief. It's like, woo, okay, we can have you know some somewhat of a normal weekend. And 
um, you know, that quickly changed with all the current events that have been, you know, happening mm-hmm. in the last week in the world and particularly, you know, in this area and in the United States. So um, as you saw, you know, Sunday night, uh, many of the businesses, I uh, can speak for Manhattan Beach, um, you know, many started to board up Sunday night as, you know, the unrest really became severe in the area. And, of course, you know, there are incredible threats everywhere. Um, that was kind of a late, not late night, but, you know, you know, night, late evening, you know, into the night type of effort and, um, I have to say one of the first groups to start boarding up in downtown Manhattan Beach was the Skechers store. And Skechers mm-hmm. had a crew. They literally had shirts on to say crew. Um, and they were boarding up, um, you know, all the glass, all their murals, everything at the store at Manhattan Avenue and Manhattan Beach Boulevard. And um, a couple other business owners in the area saw them doing that and went down and said, hey, can you help me, you know, board up my place of business? And they did. They didn't even blink an eye. They, you know, they had plenty of plywood. I mean, obviously they have a lot of construction projects going on, so I don't know where they got it, but they have access to these mm-hmm. things. And they quickly pivoted and started helping other businesses board up. That effort, like just grassroots, just grew you know, so quickly, and I think they ended up doing more businesses late that night and then early the next morning on Monday before any of us, you know, were opening our eyes. They were out there boarding up businesses um, in downtown Manhattan Beach. No questions asked. Just, you know, we're here to help you. And they even, I, I'm hearing, they even boarded up some businesses um, that hadn't quite asked for it yet, but we're just full glass windows, floor to ceiling, the entire facade, you know, and maybe like an office or something. So, um, and then they took it a step further and on, I forget, Tuesday or I think Wednesday, a few of the business, you know, needed to get in for whatever reason and maybe see a customer or client. And so they started taking off, the plywood like on a door for somebody mm-hmm. to get in and people are kind of operating during the day. And then they were going back and putting that door back on at nighttime. And, and they said, you know, no questions asked you, you tell us what you need and we will put up boards. We'll take down boards. We will do whatever you need. So really an amazing effort by everyone, but particularly um, Skechers and their crews. And from what I hear, um, all the crew guys were just so happy and to be a part of it and to help and to be there. It wasn't like, oh, one more. You know, it was like, okay, how can I help you? And it was just a beautiful effort. And, um, you know, a lot of those businesses are still boarded up. And the, the dialogue yesterday you know, as the curfews lifted in LA County and then Manhattan Beach quickly lifted theirs was, you know, okay, Kelly, did we take the boards off? What do we do? And that became the chatter all around town. And, you know, just like it was to put boards up, it's a very individual decision, uh, whether um, to board up your business or now to take down those boards or how do you operate? And there's still a lot of um, unrest. There's still, I think some fear on the business owner's part. And I was down there last night picking up some takeout and I was actually 
pleasantly surprised in a way how many boards were still up and um, there was the doors were open and people were kind of going in and out getting takeout and doing other things but not, not everybody's ready to reopen yet on on that level and then there's artwork on some of the boards it's beautiful you know messages and one board at boulevard on manhattan beach boulevard is a wonderful clothing store for men and women and kids, um, their boards are just like bedazzled. <laughs> They're like decorated <laughs> in, in piece of art. I mean, so it's really, you know, once again, it, it's just amazing to me. And last on the whole board situation, um, as businesses are ready to remove the boarding on their business, um, Strand uh, Gary Richardson, who is one of the principals at Strand Hill Real Estate here in Manhattan Beach, um, has offered and coordinated an effort with Habitat for Humanity. And um, if you call or email Gary, he will arrange to have your boards picked up and they are going to donate them all to Habitat for Humanity, all the plywood. Nice. Hmm. Pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Now, now, uh, Kelly, Kelly, so I I know that there were threats. I I did see threats, threats against Manhattan Beach, but you didn't have any incidents there, correct? Um, I, it depends on how you define incident. You know, we, we had, um, what was planned as a peaceful protest on Tuesday at the Manhattan Beach Pier, um, that had uh, five to 600 people they're estimating, um, profound. It was amazing to, to watch that, um, to watch the city organization, the police department, all the surrounding agencies that came to support, um, our police chief, Derek Abel was on the ground talking with people, um, you know, shaking hands, really getting down into the thick of it at the pier and speaking with people. Um, I don't know that he actually spoke to the crowd. I couldn't hear everything. Uh, I couldn't see, I mean, I, I couldn't see that, but he, I saw him walking around talking to people and shaking hands and really engaging with people. Um, when that dispersed, there was about 45 minutes in Manhattan Beach. Uh, it dispersed and headed south on the Strand to Hermosa to Pier Plaza, where it pretty much doubled in size. I think people were already waiting there, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, from what I heard, it was about 20 minutes in Hermosa. Uh, also, you know, peaceful and uh, great messaging and, and speeches. And then uh, that dispersed and it started coming back to Manhattan Beach. Uh, I'm unclear um, as to whether it was a part of that group or um, I've heard a different group that kind of splintered off and came in uh, during that. Uh, and what most people don't know is that secondary fallout situation happened at the Manhattan Beach Pier later that afternoon. And um, that required multiple assistance from multiple agencies, including the LA County Sheriff. Um, And they surrounded the group from the ground, overhead, the beach, um, rooftops, and Mm -hmm. um, were given an ultimatum to disperse and um, leave or they would be arrested. And uh, I understand, um, you know, it was a, a little bit of time, and they dispersed. Thank God. Oh, good. And good. Um, good. and then all that all artillery, which was a little shocking to see. My office watched one of the staging areas <laughs> uh, went away. So um, it, that was 
most people are not aware of that because the attention had already been kind of gone south. So it was pretty significant, um, again, for downtown. So rightfully so, particularly businesses in that area are very, very cautious and mm-hmm. very skittish. And there's a few more um, peaceful protests you know, or rallies, whatever, planned um, today and tomorrow. There's several other things popping up, um, mostly uh, all by residents, you know, um, some are for kids, some are for youth. There's a paddle out today. Um, yeah, a lot of different lovely things are um, being organized. Uh, so hopefully they'll all continue to go peaceful. I know you know, downtown LA has had several very large ones in the last couple of days, and those have all, I think, for the most part, been very peaceful also. So let's hope we've, we've turned that corner and we can have a few more days of peace and these businesses will feel confident in removing those boards and um, starting over. It's like Road to Recovery 2.0. Re- yeah, reboot. Yes. Um, so it's been. Well, it's been I got to tell week. you, I got to tell you, Paddle Out is such a South Bay thing. Uh, I hadn't heard about any Paddle Out paddle outs yet. That, I mean, that's totally South Bay. Well, it's a very South Bay, but I'll tell you, it's a global, it's literally called a global Paddle Out. And oh. there are surf surf communities all over the world uh, doing a, uh, like a massive paddle out today uh, into the ocean, which I think is so cool. Um, our friend uh, Chris Cremacio that we had on uh, what last week or the week before with um, International Surf Therapy Organization. Um, you know, she's um, I I don't know that she's a part of it, but I think she's she's definitely a part of organizing the one here uh, in Manhattan Beach. And uh, from what I understand, the entire world is coming together for a global paddle out, which I think is is beautiful. So I look forward to seeing cool. those super, pictures. Super, super cool, super cool, super. Cool. I love that. Super cool. All right, all right. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear. Uh, there was no vandalism, uh, the same situation throughout the South Bay. You know, yesterday there was a protest down at Miramar Park. Not much, not much of one. But, um, yeah, yeah, just, uh, what'd you call it? Reopen 2.0? That's it. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's where we are now. Although my husband drove through Riviera Village yesterday, and he said, uh, looks, looks like everything's back to normal. People are eating in the restaurants. The shops are open. People are about. So, um Again, we can't use that word "normal." We got to come up. No. We have to come up with a better with a better adjective uh, because the new, it's, the, it's yeah. not new yeah. reality. Is what I'm saying for right now until I find something better. Um, the but new, we had a cool reality. We hosted. We hosted a cool Zoom seminar, as I call them, Zoom seminar, uh, on Wednesday, uh, the morning after all this, um, called Reopen with Confidence. And, um, gosh, we had about 72 people registered and uh, about 54 actually logged in and participated uh, the morning after all this. So I was very pleased with the turnout. Um, But we talked about how to reopen your business, no matter what kind of business it is, with confidence and you know, lo and behold that's taken on a whole new meeting also in the last couple of days but we had uh, uh, Patrick Maloney from the Maloney firm talking about employment law there's still so many questions with employers on what what their responsibility is and, and quite frankly we get uh, questions from employees about you know going back also um, we covered on um, the gamut of questions Q&A on that 
uh, Connective, our Mike Squire that we had on the show not too long ago, uh, came on to the Zoom and talked about PPP, the current state of PPP. And by the way, there's mm-hmm. PPP funds are still available in the round two. So anybody who has not applied, um, who for whatever reason has been holding off or thinking about applying for PPP, or maybe your situation has changed, um, you are encouraged to do so. There is still money to access in the PPP program. So uh, he answered a ton of questions uh, about PPP. And then the last part of the uh, Zoominar was Carol Glover from Chase Law Group. She had her uh, attorney hat on on, uh, at, on the Zoom and talked about landlord-tenant law and um, everything, you know, renegotiating your lease, talking, you know, is, is there going to be rent forgiveness? Not right now, you know, and uh, – all sorts of terms on a lease, and then also the responsibility that a landlord has um, on larger multi-use type of multi-tenant type of buildings and what responsibility they have um, to keep the building safe and, um, you know, help uh, try to minimize any type of health issues with COVID-19. So very, very interesting conversation. Um, You know, very, very good information. It's a good turnout. That, that's a, that's a good turnout. Uh, the virtual the virtual world is uh, is alive and active. Um, one other thing, Kelly, I just wanted to mention. I just heard that the Manhattan Beach Education Foundation they they just had their virtual. They every year they do the big wine event, the, yeah. the wine auction, and this year they went virtual. They raised over a million dollars virtually. Yes. Yes. It was mm. very fun. Did you? Did you? Did you tune in? No, I, Kelly, I, I, I am working twelve-hour days. Uh, I'm just, I am swamped. Uh, so, I, yeah, no, I didn't. I ha- there's a lot of stuff that I want to that I want to join in on, but I have not been able to get to most of them. You know, yeah. it's there's a ton, there's a ton of information coming out. And I'm just <laughs> working my my tail off to get it out there. And uh, and by the way. Again, kudos to Manhattan Beach Chamber and several of our other local chambers. They are sharing so much incredible information, important information. Um, you know, I'm getting similar stuff from several chambers, and uh, you know, I'm cherry picking and and posting. Yeah. You know, so that you know people aren't overwhelmed with the same information. But uh, yeah, so I've been I've been doing that with with the Manhattan Beach Chamber as well too. So a lot of great information out there. Um, you know, it's it's out there. It's it's there. Use it. It is out there. It's just a matter of finding it. And, you know, we, we can't assume that everybody has it or knows where to find it. Um, you know, things are changing so quickly. And, um, you know, we're all busy. And it's just a whole different world right now. So I think all the chambers are really, you know, trying to, you know, weed through a lot of that and share what is most um, you know, relevant and help really, you know, guide people. Um, but well, you know, what's great, to... you know, what's great, you know, what, you, you know, what's great just real quickly, we got to get to our guest in a second here, but you know, with the virtual stuff, the, the, like the what, Zoominars, you call them webinars, teleconference, whatever, mm-hmm. they're open to everybody, you know, it's, they're open to everybody. So while somebody with a business in Torrance may not be a, a member of the Manhattan beach chamber, they can, they can tune in. You know, which Absolutely. you know opens uh, mm-hmm. opens up people to a lot more. There's a lot more access than there was before. So, um, yes. yeah, it, it's all good. It's all good. So, Joe, I agree. Uh, yeah. Joe, are you? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we get to our fabulous guest? <laughs> 
this is uh, a great, a great uh, time to talk about this because, of course, there's been a great deal of uh, angst and concern about uh, whether or not people would be able to pay their mortgages and uh, the, their landlords if they're renting. Jackie, who's our guest today? Okay, our guest this morning is Eric Nelson, CEO and principal broker for Vortex Mortgage. Now, Eric began his career in the mortgage industry in 2003, becoming a mortgage broker in 2005. He's a certified mortgage planning specialist and offset mortgage specialist. A lot of terms here he's going to have to explain to me. Um, This morning, we're going to delve into the world of mortgages and discuss topics such as principal first payments, 30-year equity access, interest rate versus interest cost. And Eric is going to tell us about, and this is in quotes, the best mortgage program in America no one knows about. Welcome to the program, Eric. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So normally, Eric, we don't think of the mortgage industry as being exciting. Uh, this is something that people That's do true. so so rarely. I mean, how often do people establish a mortgage, buy a home? It's quite rare, a few times in their lives. But in this case, with this pandemic, uh, so many people out of work, so many people transitioning, sometimes it's businesses failing. So it's not just poor people. These are these are sometimes it's it's people that have have money. They had a business that was thriving and now it's not thriving. Tell us about that part of the picture uh, of the pandemic, the 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 status of the mortgage industry. Well, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, the mortgage business has (laughs) has come to a screeching halt in the last um, few months. Um, and there's been so many different regulations that have been put in place, uh, a great deal of loan products that were in the marketplace mm. have been, uh, you know, basically put on the shelf as well, simply because, you know, people have been losing jobs or people have been furloughed. And, um, and so, you know, there was a lot of uh, concern about people being able to pay their mortgage. And so, you know, the industry had to really – take a step back. A lot of investors on Wall Street, um, you know, are sitting on their wallets, so to speak, not allowing mm. certain particular products to be uh, offered uh, in the marketplace. And you still have your traditional FHA loans, conventional loans, but there's a great deal of non-QM is what we call them, is non-qualified mortgages that uh, are really tailored to those who aren't your typical W-2 employee, um, someone who maybe needs a little bit more flexibility in the guidelines. And so a, a great deal of those have been, um, you know, taken out the marketplace. So it's been pretty challenging uh, in many ways. And, um, you know, I'm constantly getting people calling me for to try to find out when are those products coming back. And, you know, all I can say, I don't know, maybe in a couple of months, you know, it really depends on, you know, uh, how things go with our economy and, and society at this time. Now, last time I checked, there was, uh, you know, obviously the pandemic began, some people say, as early as November. 
no, uh, December in some parts of the country, but now we, we you know, the, the effects were really felt in late January, February, March, April. By May, there were several people in the country, you know, I don't know how many, but several people in the country that were asking for forbearance from their mortgage company. And so the general feeling, and as far as the people that I listen to say that this forbearance, perhaps as much as six months, was requested in May, it was given in May, and so now we're going to see whether those people can actually complete that process and pay their mortgage, let's say by November, December. But if they can't, and there is a potential foreclosure uh, in the works, that is when we're going to see if the mortgage industry is going to really um, rebound quickly or uh, have a problem. Uh, what are you hearing about when the mortgage industry will hear how bad the problem is? Well, uh, like you said, we're, we're kind of in this phase right now where, you know, a lot of things remain to be seen. Um, you know, we have, again, the mortgage companies are giving a, a forbearance, and so a lot of people have been able to not uh, have to, you know, make their mortgage payment for, you know, a given period of time. And hmm. so, you know, what are we going to see in the future? Well, it really depends on if people are able to get back to work, if people are able to get, get their jobs. And, you know, it's kind of unfortunate because we know that the way businesses have to be conducted in the last, um, you know, couple of months here, uh, many people won't go back to business or doing business like they did before, right? So they won't be in maybe big offices. They may realize that they don't need as many people, right? They're learning how to innovate even right now during this pandemic. And so, unfortunately, a lot of people won't be able to get their jobs back. And so what we're going to have, in my opinion, is like this tsunami of, foreclosures that take place toward the end of this year. And it, it simply is because, you know, the uh, forbearance would have run its course and they're going to want that money back, which, you know, is interesting because they say, well, we'll for, forbear your, um, your payments for the next six months, but after six months, we want you to pay it all back, which is, <laughs> it makes no sense. How are you going to pay it all back um, in one you know, at one time, but, you know, they, they will have some, um, make some concessions and allow you to maybe pay it over time and get a payment plan. But still, even just the thought of that, just, you know, it's just, it doesn't look good. And so, um, yeah, November, December, um, you know, uh, we're hoping that the economy gets back and, and people are able to go back to work uh, because, I mean, this is, you know, we're looking at, you know, 2009 all over again, uh, but not because mm. they were quote unquote bad mortgages out there, but simply because of what's happened with the pandemic and people actually losing their jobs. So it's definitely a different, uh, different scenario than we've ever seen before. Eric, you, Eric, since you just mentioned 2009, I, I, I wanted to ask you about that. In 2008, 2009, um, back then, you'd mentioned sitting on your wallet. Well, that's what the banks were doing. You couldn't get a loan to save your life. Uh, even if you were 
a good customer of long of long standing um loans were very very hard to come by um in this case it's 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 kind of the opposite do you, do you think loans will be easier to come by or or never mind I know we were just talking about people that were in business and had a loan and will not be doing business the same way, but in general, uh, a new business starting up or somebody wanting to buy a home, do you think, do you think it will, they will be available? I mean, I know right now interest rates are so low and, uh, you know, it, a lot of people are, are refinancing stuff, but do, do you think that outside of the existing loans, will loans be available? Will people have any trouble getting loans? Well, you know, I think, um, you know, our economy is ran on people being able to borrow money, right, and, and lending right. money. So they're going to figure out a way uh, to continue to make sure that people in the marketplace are able to either get money for businesses or for their homes. Uh, I think the guidelines will, you know, I mean, they tightened up, right? I mean, loan-to-values have been adjusted, that the income ratios have been adjusted, cycle score requirements have been adjusted. So they've been making a lot of adjustments. And I think as things begin to settle and the unemployment rate, you know, goes down, then I believe at some point in time they will begin to loosen up um, guidelines and requirements. Um, and so, you know, it's it's – it's kind of um, they have to protect themselves on one end, but on the other end, they know that a lot of people need good financing to to be able to um, you know get a home or even to do yeah. business. So, you know, I, I think they'll figure it out, uh, but it's kind of like just kind of have to wait and see just kind of how things unfold. Mm. Listen, Joe, let's do that uh, station break, uh, and we'll continue. Yes, indeed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show. We're excited to have you with us today. It's going to be, you know, uh, a, a long time to, to re-initialize re <laughs> our economy and re-initialize re our lives, basically. But here we are, hyper-local media here in the South Bay, every Thursday and Friday, uh, at 8 a.m., we bring you a live show about something that means something to you in your community, uh, from El Segundo South to Palos Verdes and then uh, to Gardena and Hawthorne, Lawndale. We are the South Bay Show. Um, we talk to uh, uh, government officials and, uh, you know, uh, we love food, uh, Restaurants are struggling. We've been talking to a lot of restaurants. Um, everything in between. Join us. Uh, and if you can't join us live, please join us in podcasts uh, with your favorite smart speaker. Hey, Siri, uh, play the South Bay Show. Or uh, hey, Google, Alexa, play the South Bay Show. Please join us on a regular basis. Thank you very much. And uh, Jackie, what do yeah, you want um, okay, to uh, so ask now? Yeah, Eric, um, I, I know several people, unfortunately, uh, that have basically closed down their businesses for good during this time. Uh, they, they just couldn't hold on. And talking to them um, and other people about how they're working, you know, people that are trying to make it work. Some people I know that say they have a 30-year mortgage on their home, um, they're working with their their 
their banks and what they're doing is whatever they're allowing them not to have to pay their mortgage now mm-hmm. and allowing is the wrong word to use because from what I understand people can't be evicted during this this time but some some banks are actually just saying uh you have a 30 year mortgage you, you couldn't pay for the last 3 months they're just going to tack it on to to the the prior end of the mortgage do you do you see that happening yeah yeah they will you know it's kind of like um how they do loan modifications right when someone mm-hmm. when someone's not able to pay uh, their mortgage and they're going into default uh what they'll do is kind of like requalify them and then what they do is they take all the deferred interest that they couldn't pay and they as they restructure the loan and they'll just all the interest costs that they didn't or weren't able to pay over a period of time and just tack it on to the back end of the loan. And all so right. and many times they may not have to pay interest on that interest, but it's there, right? And uh they eventually will have to pay it when they refinance or sell their home. Yeah, that, I, and that's that's quite doable with a mortgage. Rent is another story, um, but but yeah. with a mortgage, that, that's that's quite doable. Um, intra, yeah, that's yeah, that's well, that that's nice. It's nice that that the banks will work with with people on this. Uh, uh, Kelly, are, are you yeah. are you hearing anything from your neck of the woods about the different ways people are dealing with this specific issue? Well, you know, I'm hearing the same that uh, obviously it's an individual situation with every um, case, but a lot of people have talked about how they've spoken with their lender and their payments that they aren't doing, you know, can't make now will be tacked onto the end, like you mentioned, Jackie. Um, But I have to say, you know, Manhattan Beach is, you know, alive and well, and there's a lot of residential real estate moving in this area. And, and I, I know her, you know, Hermosa's the same way. And there's still, there's, you know, there's plenty of homes being bought and sold in this area. And um, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, there's, there are people who are choosing um, to buy or sell right now. And a, a lot of activity. I mean, we have a lot of, you know, members who are real estate agents, um, of course, my my oldest son is just starting to get into real estate and works with a big group here. Um, but it, I'm surprised, it pleasantly surprised, how much um, activity there is and the price tag on some of these mega mega you know properties in this area um, going into escrow. So it's um, there's still movement and people are still buying, and so that's a good thing, particularly. For someone like Eric, <laughs> um, I I am dying to hear about the the, the best loan program I, yes. in America that, <laughs> yes. that no one hears about. Can we please talk about yes. that? I want to hear yes, about it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that was a good that was a good segue, Kelly. That was a good segue, Eric. Tell us about the best mortgage program in America that no one knows about. All right. Well, this is a mortgage that I, actually that's what I I coined it as the best loan program in America that no one knows about. Um, simply because, you know, quite frankly, it is, and um, in my opinion. And so what makes this mortgage so amazing? Well, first of all, it's a principal-first mortgage, okay? And so what does that mean? That means everyone knows that when you take out a mortgage, it's front-loaded in interest costs, okay? It's um, 60 the 70%, sometimes 80 to 90% of your payment 
is going toward your interest cost. So essentially what that means is you're getting very little um, of your dollars applied to your principal. Well, mm. there's been a loan that's been designed to and engineered to change that up, and it's basically every dollar you apply or pay gets actually applied toward your principal first. And so, um, and because of that, it allows you to save thousands of dollars in interest costs and essentially years off your mortgage. And so it's basically a mortgage that's designed to benefit the borrowers, not the bank. Wow. To benefit came up the with borrowers, not the bank. Yeah. I, I love that. So, yeah, but, but you know it's a bank that didn't come up with this, is it? <laughs> well... So let me just let me give you so this type of mortgage is called the offset mortgage. And I would say ninety nine percent of the people have never heard of that mortgage. They've heard of a conventional mortgage, FHA mortgage, you know, private money, hard money, but hardly anyone has ever heard of the offset mortgage. Now the offset mortgage, again, is a mortgage that's been around honestly for decades. Now, it didn't originate here in America, it originated in other parts of the world, like Australia, New Zealand, they even do it in Canada. And uh, but this particular product was introduced, believe it or not, here in America in 2005. So this loan has been around for some time, and this loan is essentially allowing you to use your income to offset your principal balance. So how does it work? Well, this is the only loan in America that combines checking and borrowing together. So it's essentially a mortgage that works like a checking account because they're linked together. So for instance, let's say you ha- everyone has a checking account and the money goes into their checking account every month, week, or however way to get paid, and that money sits there. And that money is there earning you no interest, but you have access to it. It allows you to use it to pay your bills, your mortgage, and everything else. And, you know, ideally you have some money left over, which is your savings or disposable income. And in this situation, your mortgage is separate than your bank, right? You have to actually write a check, make a payment. Well, with this particular loan, when you deposit any amount of money into your checking account, whether it be $5, whether it be $10,000, at the end of the night, that money is used to offset your principal balance. So it goes directly toward your principal balance, not toward interest. So if you deposit $10,000 into your account today, at the end of the night, it will reflect on your principal balance as being reduced by $10,000. And why is that significant? Well, because this is not a loan that comes with a predetermined amortization schedule. This loan is a simple interest loan, which means it's calculated on the unpaid balance, daily balance. And so if your balance continues to go down, then obviously your interest cost continues to go down. And the great thing about it, because of the checking account, you still have access to the money and you pay your normal expenses like you would. The only difference is instead of your money sitting idle as it does in a normal checking account, your money is actually put to work here and it's actually helping you save interest costs while you're not using it. Okay, who wants to ask the first question? Because I know there's a bunch out there. Yeah, so Kelly. Well, I, let me let me let me not ask a question about the offset mortgage, 
But contrast that with, Eric, you know, many people know about accelerating their mortgage. That is, if you have, That's let's true. say for e- easy of numbers, if you have a $1,000 mortgage payment a month, if you actually pay $1,500, instead of 30 years, it could be 20 years because that extra $500 is automatically applied to the principal and not interest. The first 1000 maybe 800 maybe 900 is applied to interest and only 100 or $50 is applied to the principal, but that additional 500 goes directly to principal and many people have discovered this and have accelerated their mortgage and turned a 30-year mortgage Absolutely. into a 20-year mortgage. Talk about that a Absolutely. little bit, and then there will be other questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So I get that all the time, and I tell people, I say, look, you can accelerate the down payment of your uh, – the principal reduction of your mortgage. A lot of right. people, like you said, they say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pay an extra $200 a month or $1,000 a hmm. month, whatever the case may be. But what I say hmm. is you can do that, but – what about that money, right? That's your money. Now you're putting it in a place that you don't have access to anymore. Mm. So one, first thing you've done, you've tightened your budget. Second thing you've done is you put money in a place that you don't have access to. So a, uh, equity in a home is like having a savings account that you can't reach. And the only way to mm. reach it is through refinancing and pulling it out. Well, because this loan is not a closed-in loan, but it's a two-way vehicle, right? So it has similar features to a line of credit. So every dollar you put in there, you can use it to take it back out. How? Through debit cards, ATM cards, check writing privileges. It has all the banking features of a normal checking account. The only difference is, is yes, if you want to apply more towards your principal balance, you can do this in a very safe and accessible way because you know that if you need that money, you still have access to it. So wow. I'm sure you've heard of the term equity rich and cash poor. What does mm-hmm. that mean? That means that a lot of people may have a lot of equity in their home because they've been paying it down, but God forbid something happens like what's going on right now. A lot of people mm. have lost jobs. Their income has been reduced. And so now their cash flow is very low or non-existent. But yet they may have two to $300,000 equity in their property. So now what? Now they're in a position where, like, man, I have all this equity, this cash that I've paid, but I don't have access to it. So how do I get it? Well, they'll come to me and say, hey, Eric, you know, I need, I need, I have equity in my home, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. I'd love to get access to it. I'm saying, great. So let's, you know, bring me your income documentation. Show me that you can qualify for mortgage. Well, they can't because they don't have employment. And so now they're in a position where the only way to access that equity is to unfortunately maybe get a hard money loan, which is way too expensive, and you typically can't do that on a primary residence, or you have to sell your property. What this loan does, it affords you the opportunity in a down market or in a crisis or whenever you lose your job, whatever goes on, that you still have access to that equity dollars. And so... I want you to keep this in mind. This mortgage product has been around since 2005. So it survived through the crisis even to now. And I want you to guess how many defaults do you think this loan has had 
over the past 15 years. Oh, numbers. trivia! I love it. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Let us guess. Let us, let let each of us take a guess. Um, okay. Joe, you want you want to guess first? I'm going to say less than five percent. All right, okay. Kelly. And you said uh, what was the time period over how many years, Eric? Fifteen. So the last, 15, this law has been here in America the last fifteen okay, so years since it's been around. And I want to know so how, how many, many. What is the? You think the default rate has been on this this mortgage? Oh, Joe took five. Um, I'll take two point five percent. Okay. All right. All right. And, and you know what I'm saying? I'm saying zero. <laughs> You're right. Zero oh. percent. Okay. Wow. Now I want you to think about that. That's a very staggering statistic. No loan in America has a zero percent default rate except for this loan. And why is that? simply because of how it's engineered. It's engineered in such a way that you are able to pay down your mortgage faster using your income, and you still have equity access. And so, in the, you know, when people had this loan during the crisis of 2008-9 and they lost their job, guess what? Because they had equity in there, they were able to live off the equity in their home, which is like their savings, Right. And they didn't have to worry about making a payment because they had equity. They had built it up. They had used this loan as intended and allowed their income to come in there. They probably paid down their mortgage, you know. I mean, it's significant how this, how this works. And so they may have created two to $300,000 equity in there. So instead of them being, you know, equity-rich and cash-poor, they're equity-rich and they're cash-rich because now they have access to their equity dollars and they have it for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Ah. Ah. Now, um, it's one more okay. question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kelly? Gotcha. Oh, okay. We're so nice. We're all so polite. <laughs> um, okay. Why in the world known and used by more people, Eric? Well, that's what I... The question I ask when, you know, for one, it's not, it's not highly promoted, right? This loan, when it was introduced here, honestly, it was introduced through maybe financial institutions like Ameriprise, a, a you know, financial advisor would offer this to their clients, right? So it, it kind of was introduced to more affluent um, group of people. However, you know, the, the company that I actually do these loans with, they just don't market it. It is strictly marketed like through brokers like myself, and you know when I found out about it, I, I was, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I stayed up and put hours in studying this and making sure that what I'm hearing is what is actually you know it sounds too good to be true, but you know it's interesting. My wife works in the financial field. She works for a mutual fund company, and for decades she's been there 20 plus years. One of the things that she did is she analyzes banks as part of her job. And so I remember coming to her one night and saying, you wouldn't believe it. I, I found the most amazing mortgage product that I, I've never seen this before. I tell her about it. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? She says, well, yeah. I, you know, I analyze banks, and they do that over in Australia and New Zealand. And I'm like, so you've heard of this? So I've heard of this concept. <laughs> I said, but this, this loan has actually been here in America. She was like, wow. You know, she had no way of knowing. I didn't know. And so, you know, I, I, I go into open houses, I talk to realtors, I talk to 
loan officers, talk to financial advisors, CPAs, and they've never heard of it. And so my, you know, I'm committed to spreading the good news, so to speak, of how this mortgage is, in my, like I said, the best loan program in America that no one knows about. And so I think in the right. South Bay, so let me tell you about the South Bay and how this loan could extremely benefit those in the South Bay. So there are some requirements, and we're going to, just so you know, we're going to have a webinar next week with the VP of Finance, who, you know, who's over this particular loan product. I'm hosting a webinar next Wednesday, and, um, you know, you can, um, we'll give you something so you guys can go check that out. But basically what we're doing is we're talking about how this loan came about, how it works, a nice PowerPoint. But this thing is, you know, these when I talk to people about it, they're, they're just like, they're trying to make sense of it because we've been trained since mortgages have been introduced to think of mortgages only one way, a clothing vehicle that is fully loaded in interest, and we have no options, no flexibility. This is what we have to do. And we've been conditioned to think that that's even in our best benefit, but it's not. Right. It's not. Right. So it really requires a you be willing to think outside the box and just think about, you know, if people don't want to do it, I'm like, you just, you don't get it. Like, there's something I must need to explain or show you something different about it that would um, help you to see that this will benefit you. And now, I said that with a couple. Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I, I do have a question. Do you want to complete your thought? So, yeah, I was saying I sat down with a couple who was looking to buy a house in Manhattan Beach. And they were going to put down 40% to buy a home. It was a home about um, $1.5, $1.6 million they were looking at. I said, look, don't put down 40%. Put down 20%. The other 20%, after you get this loan, then you take that and you apply it to your mortgage. Now you're going mm-hmm. to still have the same – you're going to bring down your balance, but now you have access to – the, I think like $240,000, you know, equity in your home and your money sitting there saving. I showed them with their budget and then putting that 20% after they got this loan that they would pay off their home in 4.7 years. And the great thing wow. about it, they would still have access to the $1.2 million equity in their home. They would have access to it. Right. Wow. Okay. Now, okay. 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 I've, I've got questions too. But okay. You, Joe. Joe, you asked your yep. question. You asked your question. Then I'll okay. go. Okay. Well, now everyone, most people are familiar with Wikipedia. There's also Investopedia, and yep. if you search for an offset mortgage, Investopedia has an entry, and they say that there are some tax implications. Uh, offset mortgages are standard in many nations, but U.S. tax laws do not currently allow them in some jurisdictions, I guess. But the key is this. There, are, there is no interest paid on that money in the, in the deposit account. Now, the deposit account does reduce your balance, offsets your mortgage balance principle, and therefore the interest is less, and that's wonderful – but there's no interest paid, so the, 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 the holder of the money is in the catbird seat. They don't have to pay any interest. They can use that money in a, in a traditional 
sort of uh, way, they can use that money, uh, loan it out, and they don't have to pay anything for it. So it's like a bank saying, I'm going to hold your money. I'm not going to give you any interest, uh, and I'm going to hold it for as long as you have your mortgage. So for the bank, it's not a bad deal at all. Um, But what are the tax implications? So, yeah, I think there's a lot of – you said a lot there, and, and I think there's a, some misunderstanding of kind of, you know, interest, taxes, right? So here's the thing. Right now, we get to write off interest on our mortgages, right? right. And we get to write right. off a certain portion of it. It right. still remains the same. So the interest cost that you would, you know, have over a course of a year – you get to write that off just like you would in any normal mortgage. Hmm. So I like it. I say that this is the best of both worlds. You do pay interest hmm. costs, but you also are paying down your mortgage faster. So you're paying less interest costs from year, from month to month, from year to year. And essentially, I don't see where there's a quote unquote, there's not a tax implication here or um, some, there's, there's nothing regarding this mortgage that where you need to be worried about from a tax standpoint. Now mm. you can talk with your tax uh, accountant about that or CPA and they can do more research, but it's just a mortgage and all mortgages have interest costs. And essentially I ask you, would you rather pay $300,000 in interest cost, or would you rather pay a hundred thousand dollars in interest costs? And I would think most people say, oh, I want to pay $100,000 in interest costs. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. That means you've saved $200,000, yeah. right? And so that's what this loan essentially does. It helps you to save an interest cost. And now that extra $200,000 that you would have paid, there's a lot more that you can do with that, investing in it, you know, real estate or your retirement or just having money around just so you can, you know, prepare for whatever life throws your way. So, okay. All right. right. Quick question. Quick question, Eric. Um, gosh, this this hour flew by. Uh, so, what you were just the example you just gave us about the Manhattan the people in Man, that were looking to buy a house in Manhattan Beach, and instead of putting the forty percent down, put twenty percent down, and then after you get the loan, take that other twenty percent and put it into the account. Um, so something like that. Could you use that money? Like, okay, okay. A lot of people they buy a home, they have their mortgage, and then. 15, 20 years down the road, they want to remodel. So they take out, you know, a home equity loan, second mortgage or something. Could you yep. use the money, that other 20% that they applied to, the, could you use that as, as a home equity loan? So remember, it is your cash. All you did was put it in a checking account. So let's simplify this. You, instead of using a normal checking account, remember this loan comes with a new checking account. And then every dollar you put into that checking account, instead of it just sitting in your checking account, from an accounting standpoint, it is used to offset your principal balance. So that's the only thing. So you still have access to that cash 24-7 through debit cards, through check writing privileges. You always have access to it. So that's what makes this loan great is that you can use this loan through life and life um, – Challenges, um, adventures, whatever, right? So if you want to remodel your home, you have the cash to do it. If you want to take a world trip, you have the cash to do it, right? So Mm -hmm. instead of 
wasting all our money on interest costs. That is, uh, a mortgage is the single largest loan that anyone would take out, and it is the most expensive thing we take out because interest cost is is enormous on it, right? So one of the things uh-huh. I talk about is interest cost versus interest rate. People are so, what's my interest rate? What's my interest rate? It's like everyone wants to chase after the most attractive person in high school, right? But, oh, you know, and then they think, oh, then they go to the next. It's always chasing this interest rate, right, because it looks attractive. But I would say that interest rate, do you know that it's going to cost you a lot more over time? <laughs> so yeah. I would rather yeah. have interest. I would, so I tell people don't focus on interest rate. Focus on interest cost, right? Interest cost is how much interest you pay over time. And if I can eliminate interest cost, then, you know, then you're winning. And so the, the traditional mortgage is all about interest rate. This offset mortgage is about saving you interest cost. And the rate, in some cases, in most cases, is really insignificant because you're paying down your mortgage so fast, who cares if the rate is a little bit higher? You're saving mm. thousands of dollars in interest cost. Okay, so this this is uh, – okay, you mentioned you're going to do a webinar. Uh, tell, Give us the information about that, please, where people can tune in to watch this because, this, you know, this is something you need to sit down and think about. I, I'm having a very hard time yeah. still getting my head around them not, <laughs> not having a traditional amortization yeah. schedule. Uh, but, mm. but yeah, no, tell, give us that because we're, we're winding so, down here. So give us the webinar information. Yeah. Give us contact information for you, website, address, and all of that. So here's the thing. So if you want to go in a, and sign up for the webinar, you want to go to www.thenextgenerationmortgage.com. www.thenextgenerationmortgage.com. You go there. That's where you um, can sign up for the webinar. The webinar is going to be next, this upcoming Wednesday at 1 p.m. Um, you can go to my, my website is uh, vortex-mortgage.com. And um, you can find me there, and uh, my my number's there, contact information. Uh, you know, I don't know if I can get my number over the line, but, you know, but that's, yeah, that's well, the easiest that's way to, to find me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's up Three, to you. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna have some crazy people calling you, but that's okay. Uh, I know. <laughs> trust me. I've had this talk in my sleep, so I'm ready for whatever comes my way. Uh, 310-864-3093. Again, 310 310- Eight six four three zero nine three, and um, yeah, I look forward to speaking with anyone about this and just educating them about you know how this loan can, and showing them how they can benefit them. We do a calculator that really just shows the numbers. I know it's hard to comprehend, but when I put it in the calculator, the numbers don't lie. I'll tell you, Eric. I feel like I'm in a vortex. I, did, did Kelly, <laughs> Joe, guys, do you feel like you're in a vortex of all of this new information is just swirling <laughs> around us? <laughs> um, I'm, you know, if I could have the little emoji on a, on the radio show, like scratching your chin emoji or whatever finger, you know, I'm sitting here just going, and I and I've said this to Eric before, like we gotta get people, you know, uh, knowing about this. This is amazing. All right, listen, now, we gotta wrap it up, Jeff. Well, it's Friday. We got some, yeah. we got some weekending to do. We got some weekending to do. I'm having some trouble with the next generationmortgage.com I'm not getting what I want 
Why am I gotta, not getting you got to spell it right. You got to spell it right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah. Before I well, miss. Go, go, yeah, to the I website. go to the website. Go to the website then. If you can't do it that way, go to the website then. But and do it. Maybe, we got uh, it. I know we, we got to wrap up. Yeah, I just pulled it up right now. <laughs> we got to wrap up. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. Uh, there. It's it, Without the www, it doesn't work. That's something I can fix for you, Eric. We should talk. Okay, Without yeah. the WWW, WWW, it does not work. Thank you very much for joining us today, Eric Nelson, Vortex Mortgage. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This is this is new information. This is exciting. Um, looking forward to it. And we have some weekending to do. Jackie, Kelly, happy weekend. You too, Joe. Have a great one. <laughs> Cheers to a peaceful, beautiful, lovely weekend. Have a good yes. one, everybody. Peaceful. All right. Be peaceful out there. Bye-bye now. <laughs>